Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club and welcome our author, the strong and powerful Mark Victor Hansen. Welcome, Mark. I am elated to be here. <laughs> so excited to have you on. Mark is the worldwide best-selling author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. He's a speaker, a philanthropist, a humanitarian. His newest book is Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. There it is. I'm excited to have you on. Mark, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to write this book. Well, I, I'm the most blessed guy in the world. I'm happily married. we got five kids, six grandkids. I've been writing for 44 years after going bankrupt and losing everything. I started studying prosperity and wrote a lot of money books because yours is a money show. Well, everything like One Minute Millionaire and Richest Kids in America. And, you know, I took myself out of bankruptcy to wealth, written 312 books now, 59 times number one, sold a half billion books. So that makes me, according to Guinness Book of Records, world's best-selling author, spoken to 7 million people in 80 countries around the world and have one of the more exclusive exciting lives. And as we're doing this, the world is opening up. We're coming back out of COVID confinement and uh, retainment, at least in America. And now I want that to be the whole world, of course, because 8 billion of us have been locked down. And so what we've discovered, our book came out in April uh, 28th of 2020 during the height of COVID. What happens is that people are going through every question in the book because we're saying you got to ask yourself, ask others and ask God. And once they start to do that, they start to unfold, they start to transform, they start to, you know, had a, so to speak, a metamorphosis. They go from caterpillar through this cocoon in their mind, they've been shut down, now they're opening up again to infinite possibilities, and it makes it exquisitely exciting for my wife and I, Crystal, to participate in this great evolution again, and the book is just rocking to the top as we speak. Amazing. 312 books. My I've goodness. All this stuff behind me is mine. <laughs> now, I've read or touched at least 50,000 books here in my library. That doesn't mean I've read every word, but I've highlighted a lot. And, sure. You know, I'm, I'm an omnivorous reader, and, and I can see that behind your head, that uh, your whole head is full. <laughs> my, my my whole head is, 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 is full of books, for sure. And Mark, I haven't even touched a lot of these. A lot of these are 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 my wife's, so I, I I have some work to do, or I can just be content with uh with the pace of reading that 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 that, that I am at. That is neither here nor there. So what what are you hoping that people will get out of reading? Ask. That is a great question. What it is is that you don't get in life what you deserve. You get in life what you ask for. And when you ask, you determine your path. And what Chris and I discovered, having talked in 80 countries to some 7 million people, is that when we meet people, we meet people that are likable, professional, have great attitudes, superb education. And uh, I forgot to shut off my alarm to make sure that I get with you, so forgive me for that. Because <laughs> no uh, I just I lose my mind. When I start writing, I go to other realms. Is that what we discovered is that most people don't know how to ask. And you got seven roadblocks to asking. Obviously, the roadblocks include sense of unworthiness, sense of fear, uh, doubt, <clears throat> naivete, pattern paralysis, where you keep doing the same thing. Einstein used to say, if you keep doing the same thing, expect a new result, you're cuckoo crazy, right? And then disconnection. And what we said is that 
wow, what if we could get people to really ask? I mean, when I was bankrupt, I started to ask for talks. And I, you know, went around and did all these great talks to little audiences. And then people started asking me, you're such a great storyteller. Do you have that in a book? And my first little book behind me is called Stand Up, Speak Out and Win. I, I hold it up and I say, this isn't a New York Times bestseller. It's not even a national bestseller, but it is my bestseller. And I want to sign to you, your wife, your kids, and your dog. And they all bought it. <laughs> and I share this story. There are people hanging on by their fingernails now. And I've been there. I've you know, lost $2 million in one day when the oil embargo hit 1974. So mm. it was my best, worst experience because it made me wake up and say, hey, wait a second. You've got to have a change of mind to have a change of heart. And we're saying the change of mind starts with asking yourself, I mean, what is it that I want to do? And then you ask, I asked God and God said, look, you're supposed to be a communicator and talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life transformative difference. Well, I went down to my roommates, three guys in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and I said, hey guys, anybody you know speaking that's relatively young, not a doctor, not a lawyer, not a Broadway star, an actor, or a celebrity, they said, oh, they're here, here. I'm supposed to go to this meeting today, but I can't go. Here's my ticket to the real estate meeting. It's called multiple MLS, multiple listing services at the time. And he said, take my ticket. This guy wowed my soul. I went up to him afterwards. Ask yourself, ask others. I asked this guy, Chip Collins, who became my great friend and mentor. I said, hey, um, show me how to do the business. He said, look, kid, the chance of you making it is one in a thousand. You're not going to make it, so don't even think about it. I said, mm-hmm. look, let me buy you lunch. That's about all the money I had, too. <laughs> so I'll buy you lunch. You tell me how to do it and what to do. He said, you stay out of real estate. I own this market. You do life insurance, but you're not going to make it. Well, he didn't understand. I had a white hot burning desire. I was asking myself, how do I pull this off? He said, you call on 10 people, one will say yes. End of the day, a uh, guy at New York Life, he was very substantive, maybe weighed 450 pounds. And um, very, he was wonderful. And he said, hey, Mark, I'm a number one guy. My name's Tony. I'm number one with a number one company in the insurance business in the world, Metropolitan. Here's the list. He gave me a directory, George of absolutely everybody that was anybody. He says, you tell him Big George called and <laughs> hired him. Hell, this is my first day. Well, the first three years I did a thousand talks a year, you know, because I say if you want massive success, you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do to get massive results? Like at the end of our book, we asked the biggest questions ever, and one by Dr. Peter Demandis is, what are you going to personally do to positively affect one billion people during this next decade? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish selling my books. I'm halfway to my goal. I'm going to sell a billion books. Nobody's ever done that. And I just was on, I hope I'm not going too long. I'll do this one last thing. and good. Another question. But I'm on Amazon bestseller interview a couple of days ago, and the guy starts up by saying, Mark, you are the Roger Bannister of books. And I said, wow, that is a compliment I've never heard before. I really like that compliment. You remember who Roger Bannister was, George? Sure. First man to run the four-minute mile. Yeah, but do you know the next week, because it changed belief system by asking, could somebody run a four-minute mile because your heart will jump out of your chest, you'll die instantly. He was a medical doctor in 1953. The point is, 119 people did it the next week because once the barrier's broken, it's done. Just like in money, because you're dealing with a money show here, we had one company break a trillion, now we got four, and we're going to have a fifth one purportedly this week. I don't know that that's true, but it's exciting because... Once I've broken a barrier to sell a half billion books, 
look, if you're an author, I want you to try to do it too. And, and usurp me, uh, uh, supplant me, outsell me, uh, you know, outserve. And, and what I want to do is get everyone to read because when you read and think more, you live more and learn more. And our book, Ask, is the wake-up book that people are having all around the world, literally all around the world, I'm thankful to say. So is it a function of being afraid to ask for what I want? Is it a function of I don't understand how to ask for what I want? I don't know what I want? This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. All three of those. Wow, that is your, great thinking on your part. Um, <laughs> you've had great tutelage with your wife, sir. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Me too. The, the, <laughs> the point is, you're crushed starting as a young person, little kids. And like I said, we had six grandkids. They ask who, what, where, when, why, how. And, and, you know, when Crystal and I are with any of the grandkids and they, they have a sleepover here in, in our place in Scottsdale once a month each, right, alone, and we get to spend time. They can ask anything. And and when our book was starting, you know, two years ago, we were in Hawaii on vacation when you could still do such things. And I get a little call and, I, and it says from a gizmo watch. And for our little six-year-old Everett for Christmas had gotten a gizmo watch. You remember the Dick Tracy watch you talk into? Sure. I don't know if you have any children or not, but he calls up and he can only call his parents and grandparents, right? So I knew who it was immediately. He said, Grampy? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, are you alone? I said, I'm with Mimi. That's the name she goes by. I said, we're alone. Yeah. What do you want? We're on the beach. He said, you know those books you write? I said, yeah, which ones? The Chicken Soup for the Soul? He said, are you still writing? I said, I'm always going to write for the rest of my life, son. He said, can I write the next book with you? And the point is, he's not afraid. So we put his whole story in, and as, and he's very precocious. He's gifted. He's in gifted classes. And, I mean, the kid is just beyond, beyond. But, <laughs> and, he, and he reads omnivorously. The point is, I think he'll grow up not being afraid. But most kids are saying, forgive me, I'm going to pick you as our, our By case. All means. George. Quit asking so dang many questions. Can't you shut up? And then you go to school and the teacher says, George, I'm the teacher. You just sit here and listen. And those questions about why is the moon and the sun out at the same time? They're not, George. The sun's out and the moon's They are out at the same time. You've seen them, but she says no. And then you go into the military, you go into business, and they say, come on, George. Just do what you're told. Have you ever felt that way? And you of course. Get, your spirit gets crushed. And what we're saying is let's un- I've never said this before, uncrush the human spirit. And it's released with questions because asking you shall receive is a spiritual admonition. But when you start to ask, you get illumination, you get insights, you get intuition, you get solution. And, and the other thing is when I was in graduate school with Bucky Fuller, Einstein's best student, now, as far as I'm concerned, Dr. Fuller would sit, walk down the street and say, you know what kind of tree that is? And I say, no. And he said, just watch what happens. And what happens is any question you ask yourself, you get an answer. Three days later, a guy's saying, don't you love those walnut trees? And I go, holy cow. I mean, it's like Bucky was psychic. And that's what questions do. They open you up to the greater, the higher, the fuller potential of your human being because we're all human becomings. you got to be it before you do it, before you have it. And I, I believe being starts with questions. Now, you're allowed to say 
you've done a hundred interviews and you don't believe that. And that's okay with me. <laughs> oh no, I certainly wouldn't say that. So I, I think that that's, I think that that's incredible. And you're obviously an incredible thought, incredibly thoughtful person. Um, Thank you. So you put the book out into the world. Have you thought about what will make it a success? And it's probably not possible to actually quantify it, but in your mind or your heart, say, if this helps a thousand people to really change their lives, I, I think that I can do that. Is it a million people to really go beyond uh, their conditioning and to, to, to help uncrush their spirits? First of all, I love the if it helped one person, and by the way, I can tell you, it already helped Crystal Line when we wrote it. <clears throat> but we are we, yesterday or the, a couple of days ago. Sorry, we got 121 letters in one day with people that have had transformational nice. experiences that are saying, "Holy cow! I didn't know I was depressed. I didn't know I was despondent. I didn't know I was disconsolate. And I was ready to commit suicide because COVID has locked me down and nothing's going right." And all of a sudden, your book says, "Wait a second." The questions you ask yourself determine the future that you're going to get. So I'm remorphing. I'm reimagining my future because imagine I'm in my mind's eye saying, hey, wait a second. I am not dead. I mean, like right now, the sunshine is out. We're doing this early in the morning when I don't know when people are listening to it are listening to it. But the point is, there is 360 degrees of possibility for all of us. I mean, a full circle of possibilities. And so if it helped one, it'd be great. But I really, I, I, back to the question that Demand has asked, I want to see if we can't get uh, out a half billion of these and, and it outsell my chicken soup for the soul series, which Jack and I, Dr. Canfield and I love putting together. Yeah. Amen. I love it. So is there a, a main idea from the book that you want to reinforce um, or, or maybe, maybe what you're proudest of? I'll do just for me personally, and my wife would do something a little different than I would, but I, I say that this thing we're teaching about how to ask God, and when Jack and I needed the perfect title for Chicken Soup, we knew that it was going to be bestseller. The audience gave us standing ovation on stories we sold, but 144 publishers turned us down, and, and we ultimately sold it ourselves, and our agent also fired us, but we learned a technology that we teach in this book, which is you ask yourself, we said, mega bestselling title, mega bestselling title, mega bestselling title, 400 times before you go to sleep. Now, what we're saying to people, we believe you're coded at birth with a destiny. And if you're alive, you still got a destiny, no matter how schmucky you feel, how bad it is. Right. And so what you got to do is say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? And the people that read that and then do it and they go to bed right before they sleep and push back sleep and, and slumber. And they say, God, what's your destiny for me? And we say, hey, look, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night. So tell your sweetie kids, hey, um. Uh, I'm sorry, but if Mark's telling the truth, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going to have the answer. And I got to write it down in detail. I can't say I'll remember it tomorrow morning because you won't remember it. So forgive me for I'm going to have turn on the light. I'm going to have a notepad by the bed. I'm going to have a, a dictating machine, whatever you're going to do. But make sure you're prepared because L, uh, our friend Abe Lincoln said preparation guarantees success. Right. And but this thing about God, what's your destiny for me? What if everybody what if I got one person to find their destiny? I've done a great job back to two questions ago. But if we really got a billion people to find their destiny, we could turn this ship of state around. And in my goal, a sub one of my I got a, a hundred year goal, of course, because I'm gonna live to be 127 with options for renewal. But I wrote down what if we could get 
100% of humanity economically and physically successful. Now, everyone will tell you, come on, George, you know better than that. That can't be done. It's never been done. No, it's never been better than it is right now. And technology for the first time means like what we're doing right now. Everybody can listen to us literally around the world and we do instant translate, which is one of the many systems. So we can get it in Swahili and Hindi, Urdu and Canadese, Telugu languages. Unless you've been to those countries I just mentioned, you haven't even heard of, right? And and don't care. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that that's I think that that's incredible. And 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 why not why not ask the question and try, right? Well, the the point there is yesterday I reread the line from uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who said, "I dream of things that were not," and ask why not. Right. And that's what imagination is. Imagination is a front end to realization and materialization. When I was bankrupt, upside down, had no money, had no ability really to speak and no ability uh, necessarily to become the world's best selling author. I imagined that I could become world's best selling author, talk to people and do it. What Psalm 72 says, be an influencer of influencers. Solomon said that's the high goal of each of us. That's what you're doing with this great show being an influencer of influencers, which is marvelous. It's a a talent. You're good at it, and and the world's going to thank you for it, at least in the future. (laughs) (laughs) That's bound to happen at some point. So so you really believe that when you were just getting started, that you were going to be one of the the biggest-selling authors, best-selling author ever? Yeah. By the way, I didn't go out and announce it because there's two ways of setting – you set goals – and keep them quiet until you've got some, you know, the thing, this line from the master teacher is you'll know them by their fruit, by their results, their accomplishments, their achievements, their money, their success, their fame, their goals, their, you know, uh, awards or whatever. But the point is, I didn't have any of that. All I had was white hot burning desire. Every listener you've got has a secret dream in their heart. But let me do it the other way. I'll ask it as a question because I'm supposed to be asking don't you have some secret dreams in your heart that you'd like to fulfill during your lifetime? Yes. Do you think there's anyone out there listening that doesn't have them? No. So if everyone's got them and they won't even tell their spouse and they won't tell their kids and they won't tell, they, they uh, hopefully they've got some confidence. We call the mastermind partner. And I've got a telephone partner that is, uh, she does 22 million chickens a week. I'm going to encourage you to interview her, Mitzi Purdue. I've never met this woman. And yet she and I have resonating, obviously I talk to my wife, we pray and meditate for an hour every day together, and we've done that, but Mitzi Purdue was introduced to me by one of my best friends, and he said, this is going to be your best friend, I'm here in Abu Dhabi right now, and I met this most <laughs> most brilliant woman other than your wife that you're ever going to meet, and I go, right, and, and, and we've just, we've read a lot of the same stuff, talked the same stuff, thought the same stuff. And even written a book together. We wrote a little book called uh, How to Be Up and Down Times Together by telephone, which is if you told me that's what I'm saying is that we are in a technological time, George, where because you can ask yourself, how do I pull off stuff that hasn't been pulled off? Because we got to have breakthrough thinking because we're in a breakdown time. Well, that's a good line. That is I, really good. I got to write that line today. <laughs> Isn't it true, though? Yes, it 100 percent is. So your agent fired you, 140 plus publishers said no to Chicken Soup for the Soul. What do you think about that now? 
what do you think about that agent? Is it like whatever? It doesn't matter to me, or is it like you sort of rub their nose in it? What 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 do you think about that? You're asking phenomenal questions. I've never been asked for, so I haven't I haven't pondered that, cogitated, or ruminated on it. Uh, I have had opportunity to talk to him once because he came back and said, "You know, will you uh, do another book with me?" And and uh, I said, "Yeah, I, I got nothing against him." I mean, by the way, he did a good job. He took us to New York. He slugged. He got through the big meetings and and all the big guys. I I think as I look at it objectively now, what I did that nobody's ever done before is I because I ask, right? I interviewed the 101 best-selling fiction, nonfiction authors here in Arizona. I interviewed everybody from Clive Custler to you name it uh, to Harvey McKay. Uh, and Clive's fiction and, and Harvey's nonfiction, how to swim with sharks and not get eaten. And I wrote down, I asked, I do it just like I'd ask you. I said, I don't want to tell you, you tell me how to write. You may or may not like my writing. That's, you know, subjective, not objective. Obviously, most people objectively like what I write. But the, tell me how you market. And I wrote down this business plan, and Jack said, You really, you're telling them we're going to sell a billion books. I said, Yeah. I said, nobody's ever done it. Why don't we do it? And, and then we wrote a wall of a business plan that detailed exactly what we're doing, just like I'm doing with Ask. I mean, here I are. Here I are. Here I am. I'm going to become a speaker. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's fun. And I love interviewing everybody. Scott Peck, Wayne Dyer, Barbara DeAndre, you name it. And they're all kind. And they told me, and they all had different solutions and, and when these guys read our business plan, which was multiple pages thick, they went, oh, man, this guy's out to lunch. This guy's a cuckoo nut, right? <laughs> and, and a lot of them came back to us and said, boy, we that mistake cost us 15 or $20 million. We are really sorry. I, I personally voted for you, but it was the rest of mm. Simon Schuster or Random House that thought you were a nutcase, right? And I go, that's fine. And, and by the way, that's true of almost everybody that succeeds in, in writing business. Louis L'Amour got kicked out. Stephen King got kicked out. Daniel Steele didn't make it at first. And these are We're talking about writing giants. Sure. And the same thing happens for Michael Jackson in basketball. They wouldn't let him play, so every morning he got up at 4 o'clock and played until 6, coached by his dad. And, you know, congratulations, right? Yeah, I love it. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Where can they get a copy of Ask? I would ask everybody to get a copy of Ask, A-S-K, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny by my wife, Crystal, my beloved, brilliant wife and myself, at Amazon, because that's everywhere, or Barnes & Noble if you go in and, and they're open. A lot of them are open. And then go to askthebookclub.com, and that is our book club, and it's free. And what we want to do is teach people to grow up and become master askers so they get every good thing in, they want in their life so they can be who they want to be, do what they want to do, have what they want to have, all with one little word that seems simple, but asking, Crystal and I have discovered, has got to be taught, right? You hear it, and it's superficial. You study it, you go deep, and, and you know, I'll just say we've exampled it with, you know, coming, both of us have come out of the doldrums and the do and depression and, and uh, surmounted all that with one mighty tool that everyone has available, but it still has to be eclectically absorbed wisdom. How's that? I love it. Find a saying, Mark, you got to A-S-K to G-E-T. So. That's it. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mark your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas and amazing books. Go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and pick up a copy of Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny and go to askthebookclub.com and join the community. Take advantage of the great resources that Mark and Crystal have built. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.